you know, no matter how experienced you are, um, that learning curve never stops. I mean, it, there is some form of a plateau, if you could say that, when you when you you know a captain and you know what you. But you will never stop learning. You'll fly with the first officer or something, and they will come up with a question that you've never heard before, um, and you might not necessarily know it offhand. Um, and yeah, I guess it's that drive of never stop learning is something that I I would I'd have to say is one of the things I love about flying. Today I'm talking to the commercial pilot Griffin Moss about his career in aviation. Griffin, it's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. You've been um, in the simulator or been training? What What have you been doing? Uh, yeah, so I've um, been uh, finishing up. I actually finished up today um, with uh, the multi-crew uh, um, coordination and uh, also um, my ATPL uh, license upgrade today, which was successful. So really, really happy. Oh, congratulations. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So it's a long journey for you pilots to to get to where you want to be. And, and I've also spoken to a few South African pilots and, and we talked about this. And um, I would love to know what, um, what was the, the whole love for aviation that got you into this position and, and to, to become a pilot? Yeah, um, yeah. without sounding too much like a poet, but uh, how it all started, I, I don't come from an aviation family, um, so yeah. I'm a first-generation pilot, if you could say that. Um, and uh, yeah, my first taste of aviation um, without flying somewhere on holiday, with actually being the pilot in the, the situation was I went to a friend's house uh, when I was about 11, 12, and uh, he had a Microsoft Flight Sim. So um, and it was a game that, that I wasn't interested in the time, but only because I wasn't exposed to it. Um, mm. So I had a go at it and I, oh, I was over the moon. I fell in love with it very mm. quickly. I actually distinctly remember uh, my mom picked me up later that afternoon from his house. And um, I just shy of demanded that we, we need to get a joystick and uh, the game as well, because I wanted to play it more. Um, so I think shortly after that, I, uh, I think it, it was either my birthday or something and, um, I've got the gifts and all the rest of it. And, uh, yeah, uh, never, never look back. That was my starting point. Um, but I would say my actual love of flying, oh, I, whenever someone asks me that, I, I just sum it up with a simple sentence. Um, if I'm stressed out, I, uh, I, I go to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's, Amazing. I don't know, there's some. There's something special about just, you know, obviously, you know, doing all the work and the flows and checks and everything and getting the aircraft in the air. But um, the actual sense of, of just flying an aircraft from point A to point B, uh, I find it incredibly relaxing and stunning. The views you get are, it's like you're in a moving um, picture, really. Um, and uh, if you add in, like, I've, I've got a light speed headset, so I just listen to music when, when there's nothing to do, really. Um, and it's it really feels like doing a music video. So, um, yeah, I, really? I, can't, I can't see myself doing absolutely anything else in this world. Um, uh, yeah, I love what I do. <laughs> but um, uh, also, I mean, you had to now, you want to become a pilot, but it's, in South Africa, it's a bit different. You have to um, sort of go a specific route to be able to train and so on did you have to do much of that yourself or did you could you um study through an airline for example 
Um, in as far in South Africa, the to my knowledge, there's no real airline that has um, any recruitment cadet program. Um, they all hire a really qualified qualified as far as you can go without doing a Boeing seven three seven rating on your own. Um, but uh, they do qualify. You do are required, or rather, to um, to have your at least commercial multi-engine rating, some time on multi as well, um, and preferably some some work experience as well, uh, whether it's through instruction uh, or uh, flying skydive ops or even a charter um, working single aircraft, a single engine rather, um, and just building your hours up, building experience. Um, but uh, as far as cadet programs go. I haven't heard of any. So how did you get into the, to, to train? Because you had to get your PPL first. Yes. Yeah. So um, at uh, 15 years old, I um, started with a, um, I would say a young pilot program, which wouldn't lead to anywhere, but it, it uh, would have just, it was a nice building block because they taught you the, you know, they say like the, the, um, the stick and rudder kind of controls of actually flying an aircraft, the hand-eye coordination and using the rudders with your feet um, and the basic principles of flying are taught. Um, and if you show any promise, then they would prompt and, and recommend that you go further um, if you have the means to. Um, lucky enough, uh, myself, my parents, they have the means. So I uh, did my PPL at 15. Um, I actually... Wow tested PPL a few weeks after my 16th birthday. So I was actually allowed to fly a plane before I was even, I even <laughs> had my learners to drive. Oh, really? Car. Yeah. So um, that was That's so interesting that it, yeah. that it works like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is what it is. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah um so that's how i did my ppl um and then from there completed uh, high school parents didn't really want me flying too much being uh, my um, grade 12 matric year in south africa so uh finished with high school first um and then after that night rating i did that as well in cape town uh where i'm from and then uh, after that i uh, moved to uh, 43 air school in um the Eastern Cape, and that's, that's, I would say, South Africa's biggest air school. It's another big air school, but 43 is uh, one of the renowned ones. Uh, did my commercial multi-engine um, over there. Um, and, and how long did there, that, but how long did that take you um, to get so the, commercialized? Yeah, so the, the, I, I very much, I didn't really have a deadline um, yeah. to do it, so I treated it like a university course and so in saying that, I would go for, for four, four, three months at a time and then just go for like a two-week holiday. And, uh, but overall, it, it took me about just over two years uh, to wow. complete that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, after uh, leaving 43, came back home and then decided, okay, well, now I need to uh, build some experience. So, yeah. you know, it's you got to kind of pick, pick a lane at this point. Um, initially anyway um and i decided to do my instructor's rating uh just because it i felt that it just kind of it taught you more about flying um rather than i I felt that if you go straight into charter work in my opinion anyway um it kind of just feels like you will learn things along the way that's that's a given um but there's no real guidelines you can pick up bad habits and all the rest of it um if if your company hasn't got a nice strict sop that is um but uh, overall, the instruction, I felt that it would just teach me something. Uh, and also it would 
teach me how to fly in both sides of the cockpit as well. Uh, so mm. becoming a little more ambidextrous with both hands. Um, and yeah, I just felt overall immediately when I started my training, I, I, I picked it up quite a lot was, uh, um, you learn how to teach people things, um, which is not easy, uh, especially when, when you're dealing with, you know, 20 students um, in the space of a week. Um, and each one of them are different people, obviously. So it's different techniques um, and different habits that they have. And you need to be able to also uh, man manage yourself a little bit and change your approach anyway on, on how you need to teach them because not everyone is the same. Um, so I just followed that was the right decision. And um, the, the, I was lucky the air school that I did my instructor's rating in my grade three. Um, they actually offered me a job uh, before I finished the course. So oh, wow. I started, uh, started working there, which was a little bit of a stroke of luck. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, put in work, I put in the work and uh, they like what they saw, I guess. So I'm happy about that. Well, it's, uh, it's yeah. so amazing that you say that because I've been um, speaking to a lot of musicians as well and they say when they teach, they actually learn more for themselves yeah. as well, you know, by yeah. teaching and explaining and and, uh, and also seeing this, the mistakes that, um, you know, the, the student make, yes. um, then they sort of understand it also better. So can you also see that, that the teaching... Um, yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. Um, especially, it's it's also a nice thing because um, just because you're the more senior person in the cockpit, it doesn't mean that you will never learn from the person sitting next to you. Um, so you you are constantly reminded, especially with different people, they have different outlooks, different understandings of things, and therefore also different questions to ask. Um, so people ask you questions that you've never thought of before, um, or you've never had asked to you. So it, it forces you to go through the books, have a little search, um, or just chat amongst your peers, even, or your, your chief pilots and, uh, just discuss things. And along that term, they learn something being the student. And you also learn that little question that you didn't know, um, yeah. which is also very, very refreshing and something that I love about flying. Um, it's, you know, no matter how experienced you are, um, that learning curve never stops. I mean, it, there is some form of a plateau, if you could say that when you, when you, you know, a captain and you know what you do, but you will never stop learning. You'll fly with the first officer or something and they'll come up with a question that you've never heard before. Um, and you might not necessarily know it offhand. Um, and yeah, I, I guess it's that drive of never stop learning is something that I, I would, I'd have to say is one of the things I love about flying. Well, um, Captain Rian van Sale uh, famously said that in one of my interviews that oh, really? you're never too old to learn. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the only one. That's... And, and he said that you learn from the, from you know, you you can have so much experience, but you still learn from from the younger, he said that from the younger pilots, yes. he still learns. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's fair yeah. enough, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But now, um, so, okay, so you've got your um, um, instructor's rating and now you have to build up these hours. And this I find so yeah. fascinating that you guys have to now, because I'm thinking if you say 1,000 hours or 2,000 hours, you know, an hour is already, yeah. um, you, you have to have 2,000 of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I've, I've gone a little bit further in my grade three now. I've, because uh, I, uh, I did my grade three, got a, a couple hundred hours um, on the, the basic ab initio training. Um, and then 
COVID hit, which was a lot of fun. Um, but um, yeah, that kind of shook shook the tree quite violently. But uh, you know, uh, luckily, Air School survived it, um, and I continued to work with them after COVID. And we actually had a huge bump in students after COVID. I think the the travel bug or the Really? The, the inspiration to mm. do something that you never mm. had time for people had, had a little bit more time to think like that's exactly. actually a good idea well yeah. that's my theory anyway um yeah. and uh yeah so it did my grade two um, instructors rating so it allowed me to do advanced training my training um if training as well um and um built up a total just over a thousand instruction hours um, and then uh, last year, March, I had an opportunity to uh, work for a charter company on a nine-month contract. Um, I'm actually on holiday from that now. I'm meant to be oh, uh, okay. going back um, on end of March um, at the moment anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, my total time, just a little bit over 2,000 now. Um, so I've built up time, um, but... Now it's, it's kind of like filling in the gaps a little bit. Um, so, you know, completing the MCC course, getting like a, the RNAV GNSS approved uh, and uh, the ATPL license upgrade, which is a big one. Uh, so I'm glad to have completed that. Um, and um, yeah, now personally, I'm on the march for multi-time because I'm multi-rated in that, but I haven't um, been able to, to fly a, a, a multi-aircraft and build hours on it. So that's my next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thereafter that, it's it's um, more into hopefully higher up in the corporate uh, flying or airlines for me. Um, because, uh, yeah, getting on those jets is kind of the next step. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the other, the, well, the aspiration then to do. Yes. But yes. like Alex McFarl also said that, I um, mean, you know, this is a career where you never stop uh, training you have to be yeah. tested you have to train you are constantly uh, or you know have to do your check rides and your things so um mm-hmm. uh, this is also challenging about your your career so you have to have to be on the in the know all the time yes um i would uh, yeah uh, that that's 100 correct um so Everything, even your your check rides within your company, uh, which is uh, I think every six months, um, and then your license as well, which is once a year um, for Comet or all of them. Um, it's it's I I actually enjoy them because um, as long as you are recent, then the check rides they they shouldn't be a scary thing that you need to um, worry about. But more so they. Are there to stop any bad habits forming uh they're there also for you to to because like i said the, the aviation landscape is constantly moving so when improvements come into law and that then when you do your check rights that's when you are face to face with a dfe which is designated flight examiner and they are leading the industry per country um, so you meet with with one of them and they will then say, well, look, this has actually changed this year. And it's it's a little bit of an eye opener, like, OK, cool. So we're not doing this anymore. This is how they want us to do it. And it's it, it's just basically like a, a little bit of an update, if I could call it that. Um, and then also to make sure that you can still fly the plane. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I personally uh, like your first renewal is always a little bit scary because you don't exactly know how a renewal is meant to go. Um, but everyone since my first one, I've actually really enjoyed it. I mean, a little bit of prep work is always important. Just cover your basis and that. But um, I would say the biggest advice I ever got was walking to a renewal with um, the idea that you will learn something. 
and it's a learning exercise. They are there to check you, but at the end of the day, uh, they're not they're not there to catch you out. They're there just to update you and make sure that you're still proficient in what you do. So to have that open mindset when you do yes, that. Yes, yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, so that's one of the, the most important things about flying. You have to be open-minded about almost everything. Really? But now, Griffin, how do you keep motivated? Because uh, since that, what did you say, 11-year-old playing the game? Yeah. Um, yeah. To now, um, there must have been times where you thought this is, this process is a long process. Yeah, Um. It, it is long and, um, you know, you, you write a theory exam and um, one of the subjects is, is say, it's boring. Uh, I particularly found uh, instruments, which is one of the PPL, COM and ATPL subjects. I found that uh, subject quite boring uh, just because it just talks about how the instruments works and radio wavelengths and different antennas and all these things. And I just said, I'm not interested in, in building a radio. <laughs> so um, it's something that you do need to push through. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all, I would say, just keep the bigger picture in mind. Um, if you love what, you, what, what you're studying and what you're doing, um, flying planes in this case, um, then it's, you will have the bad days, um, but I, I would just recommend a lot of co- cups of coffee and uh, just keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um now where is it where are you you say that i mean that you would love to go to an airline or like to fly an airline but now this this time where you are sort of building your hours how many hours do you still have to have before you can or before you are say ready to um apply for an airline yeah um at at, at the moment i know um the 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 two main airlines that operate within South Africa being uh, FlySafe and um, SA Airlink. Um, they are quite um, strict on the requirement of 200 hours on a multi-aircraft, um, ATPL being a big plus, uh, but a common license is also okay. Um, but that 200-hour multi is, is quite important at the moment. And there are one or two guys that's just to... to um, you know, get get a variety of different types of pilots that they do hire. So not all of them have a 200, but um, it's definitely an important requirement um, just to have experience of flying a multi-aircraft, multi-engine aircraft um, before moving into the jets. Um, I also think that the insurance um, requirements play a role as well, but I just that's the the thing, the, the theory behind it. Okay. So and and for you now, is it? Uh, I mean, how? What are, are the job prospects in South Africa? Because many of the airlines have closed down, and mm. uh, yeah, yeah. So um, there there was a, a big shift because in South Africa, I think a few years ago, uh, pre-COVID, there was four or five major airlines mm-hmm. uh, operating within South Africa, um, but now they are. There's four now, so we've, we've lost one or two, um, and new ones have also popped up as well. Um, much smaller, streamlined, um, and more flexible to any um, sort of, of uh, demand drops um, in, in the, the, the passenger load. So um, they're becoming a little bit more clever with the way they're structured. But in saying that, um, Airlink and uh, Sime and uh, Fly Safi are all getting new aircraft and 
are kind of plugging the holes that are left by those one or two airlines mm-hmm. that uh, did not make it out of COVID. Um, the airlines are, it's they, they have survived. I would say the, the recovery is, is um, promising. Um, not complete yet, but I'd say definitely promising. And um, um, yeah, with SAA, our national carrier, scraping through bankruptcy and just making it through with, I think they, they have uh, one or two aircraft. I, think, I could be wrong. Um, they, they lost a lot of their routes and these other airlines are now slowly but surely getting permission to um, fly their routes. So it's, it's opening up the market as well um, with regards to Southern Africa and uh, South Africa's airlines. Um, the chart industry, uh, mainly the hub being Joburg is quite busy as well. Um, but I mean, that's just me on the apron having a look and see, I don't, I don't know any of these companies figures, Um, but uh, the airspace is getting busy. Okay. So you feel positive. Yeah, I do feel positive. Um, Mm -hmm. I also know that South Africa does produce a lot of pilots. Um, so, you know, that competition is, is real. Uh, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to see it. If you go to any air school or, um, any instructors there's there's a list of people there that are freshly trained and they are looking to enter the industry um so yeah there's a lot of pilots so there is competition for the positions and therefore making sure that you know you have all your boxes ticked and getting your requirements i think is um a step in the right direction with regards to um getting positions um but you know it's uh, not the end all and do all do more yeah yeah but now, uh, Griffin, you you also um, uh, training pilots, and uh, do you can you see in somebody when you think? Do you think everybody can fly, or do you think people have to have a specific um, yeah. something to be able to do that? I think uh, every single person can be a pilot, um, being for the PPL. Um, there are definitely characteristic. Um, traits that would help you or make it a little bit easier for you um, to learn just mindset and all the rest of that that make it easier to become a pilot but nothing will will stop you if you're physically fit um, and willing to to do the exams and, and open to learning the techniques um, then you you might not do it as quick as everyone else um, but you can be a pilot and you can be a successful pilot as well uh, when it gets to commercial, obviously, it, it, there's a lot of other aspects to take into account. But, um, yeah, um, I think everyone should, if you can and, and is interested in you, you should definitely give it a go. Because, I mean, you might just um, actually in the person, you know, uh, someone who changed their career, um, had a, a nice uh, architecture company and these, you know, really? designing buildings all over um, Africa. And um, I did his introduction flight. Um, and he fell in love and he mm. then decided he wants to be a pilot so did his PPL with me did his commercial license with myself um, and then yeah now he's an instructor he still has his company um, but he's now stepped back and as a um, just as the owner really um, mm. and, and now he's, a, he's an instructor building his hours as well amazing well I mm. spoke to um, a, a commercial pilot Brad uh, Mears as well and he is in his 50s and he he um he got his his commercial license so, yeah yes yeah yeah, if, yeah. If the drive is there and the motivation is there then then you'll exactly. do it yeah. yeah there's no better time than the present yeah 
Exactly. And I, I think you're right, you know, over the pandemic, um, people have been thinking, you know, what yeah. they're doing and what they're doing with their lives. So I think this is also some way of um, people changing direction or, you know, doing things that they always wanted to do. Yes. But now, um, Griffin, what what are your wishes now for the future? Oof. Um, this year, uh, definitely... Multi hours. I need my. I need multi hours. Um, mm-hmm. Whether I make my my way into um, an airline or into a uh, more of a, a corporate or higher end charter company, uh, flying a multi turbo prop or jet. Um, that I would say is my goal for this year. Um, yeah. Um, where in the world I actually don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't as long care. as you fly. If, yeah, as long as I'm flying, I'm happy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would definitely be my goal. Um, but in saying that, um, the company I'm currently with uh, treats me fantastically. Uh, they look mm-hmm. after their pilots as well. Um, and it's, it's a good position to have. Um, but I'll definitely, if, if I could pick an area that I could... Um, make changes in it would definitely be just that that multi-aircraft yeah Mm. well i get a few i have a feeling it it will all come true for you you've got the motivation and the drive and thank you wonderful energy so yeah i'm I'm sure i really appreciate that thank you so much thank you but um uh, i wish you all the best and thank you so much for your time for doing this uh interview Yes, thank you. It's absolutely such an interesting um, career that you are in, and and I find it so fascinating what what the pilots pilots are telling me because it's mm-hmm. um it's you really are dedicated and and uh, you know you have you have to have this drive to do it. Mm. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree. And uh, thank you for for um, asking to me. I really, really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Oh, is it okay? <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, that's great. Okay, Griffin. Griffin, have a wonderful day. Um, and thank you so much for getting out of the simulator to talk to me. <laughs> Not a problem. Anytime. <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye.